630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans. It's our final show before the Christmas break. We're off for the next couple of weeks, but we will return Saturday, January the 7th with more Elks, CFL, and football talk. Meantime, big show this week. I'm very pleased to announce that Chris Jones will be our new general manager and coach. The recommendation went to our board last night, and, and the recommendation to hire Chris was passed unanimously by the board. It was one year ago this week that the Elks board chair, Ian Murray, named Chris Jones as general manager and head coach of the Elks. Jones will be a guest later on the show today to look back on what was a very difficult first year and to look ahead to 2023. The schedule's been released with some twists this year. To talk about that with Dave Campbell, here's Elks manager of marketing and communications, Evan Dom. Okay, so let's do the breakdown here. Now, the season opener is on June 11th. That's a Sunday. That's against the Riders. We'll talk more about that game here in a few minutes uh, because there's an interesting uh, and very cool promotion happening. But when you look at the breakdown of, of the days, you have five on Saturdays, which uh, does include the preseason game on May 27th against the against the Bombers. Three on Sundays, uh, two on Thursdays, one on uh, Friday. So uh, more specifically, the the... I don't know if it's a rationale or, or a change of uh, uh, thought from the league, but but first let's talk about the Sunday games. And and there's 11, I believe, in total. But um, tell me about just this, this new venture of just trying some more Sunday games here, especially in the summer. Yeah, I mean, the majority of the weeks before Labor Day now are going to feature Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games across the league. So spacing those games out across four days and, I think the rationale behind that is multiple, but one of them is certainly that, you know, if you have one game a night, there's a lot of dedicated CFL fans across the league and they're going to watch all four games if, if they have the opportunity in the evening. So spacing it out across those four days, I think is going to be beneficial in terms of, you know, television and radio viewership and listenership respectively. And, you know, it, it gives fans some, some certainty, you know, early in the season too, that there's going to be a game each day. And, the other nice thing about that is it all you know avoids, I should say, uh, the dreaded double header, the early game going long, and uh, that always makes it challenging in terms of you know starting starting the game on time and uh, you know cutting into people's evenings if kickoff is delayed. So it, it's it gives us some flexibility in that regard, and it builds you know a nice four day schedule there for CFL fans to look forward to each week, uh, more or less before Labor Day. I just want to ask you quickly about Thursday games. And I know this is a hot button issue for a lot of fans. There's a lot of fans uh, in these parts. They don't like Thursday games, but at the same time, there is an initiative from the league and TSN is called Thursday night football. There's two uh, home games, five in all on the Elks schedule, but two at home. And for a number of years, uh, you know, the club kept it to one, but explain that dynamic of, you know, you, you got a partnership and you want to make fans happy. Um, and, you know, Thursday games might not be everyone's cup of tea, but, hey, you know, again, like you say, in the summer, you know, you're trying to expand the, the games over a number of days as much as possible. But Thursday seem always to be that hot-button issue. And the Thursday ones are funny, Dave, because it depends on who you talk to and which day of the week you talk to them on, because we had a lot of fans, you know, through either reaching out to us directly or through previous surveys that say, you know, we, we don't mind Thursday night games because then I can go to the lake Friday, and it doesn't impact my weekend away. 
So it depends on who you talk to. And certainly from a television perspective, you want that Thursday night game because it, it allows you to have another prime time slot during the week. And the viewership for those games is always strong on TSN. And, and we appreciate them as a partner and certainly what they bring to the table. So, you know, the Thursday nighters, uh, I, I'm not sure if they're as unpopular as, as people would think at first glance because we've gotten a lot of feedback from people who say, I like Thursday, I go to the game, I wake up, and I either take Friday off and go to the lake or do my weekend thing or go into the office and go to the lake Friday night. So, you know, it, it, it's a funny thing. You're never going to have a perfect schedule and you give and take on dates and you give and take on days of the week and all those type of things and you try and, you know, create a stew that uh, appeals to as many people as possible, whether they're watching in the stadium or on television or, or listening on our, our great radio partner, uh, 630 Ched, wherever they're, you know, consuming the game. So it's it's a very challenging, complex uh, formula and it's 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 never perfect depending on who you talk to in terms of the schedule. Okay, uh, before we go, we got to talk about another initiative you launched today. Guaranteed win tickets to the regular season home opener on Sunday, June 11th against the Riders. So we all want, you know, fans are dying to see a home win. But there's uh, an interesting twist to this. So maybe just explain what guaranteed win tickets are all about here for, for that home opener on the 11th. Yeah, so we've released a limited number of uh, P1 tickets, which are our best seats in the house. So those those are $90 tickets. And if you buy that ticket for our home opener, we're basically saying you will see us win at home this season. So if we win the home opener, you get to see one game. If we unfortunately lose the home opener, which nobody's planning to do, then you get your exact same seat at no additional cost for our June 25th game against Toronto. And heaven forbid we lose two games in a row at home. Uh, then you get to see our third game at home as well. So basically what we're saying, Dave, is if you buy that ticket, you will see us win at home. Um, sure hope it's June 11th, uh, but if, if it's a couple of dates after that, uh, the fan is is going to get treated to some extra football. So, you know, uh, I mean, frankly, we're not hiding anything from anyone, Dave. We've been very bad at home the last two seasons. Uh, you, you don't have a losing streak like we have at home if you if you haven't struggled. And if you haven't lost some games that you should have won and close games and all that sort of stuff, we're going to have a little bit of fun with it because the, you know that's what it's all about. It's about entertaining people, getting people talking, generating some buzz, and then at the end of the day, winning football games. And uh, I sure hope I see one on June 11th, just like everybody else out uh, in green and gold country. That's Evan Dom, the Elks Manager of Marketing and Communications. I'm Morley Scott. This is the Elks This Week. Coming up next, General Manager and Head Coach Chris Jones on 630 Chet. Football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. The Elks' last game of this past season was on October 21st. A few days later, after finishing up his exit meetings with the players, GM and head coach Chris Jones hit the road to begin scouting. I caught up with him earlier this week on what has been a very busy time for him. It's been uh it's been a very busy off season. We've we've traveled to about fifty schools uh across the United States and gone in and met their pro liaisons and and uh and DFOs and things of that nature and uh we've we, you know, I think it's going in a, a really positive direction right now. We'll get into that a little bit later on. First, I want to uh, I want to look back on the last year. We're coming up to about almost one year ago that you were uh, new coaching general manager of the Elks. Uh, Look back on that year for me. Tell me what the year has been like for you as you hit the one-year anniversary of uh, coming back to Edmonton. 
Well, I, I mean, I've told everybody. I mean, I I would have lost every dime I got in every account if you'd have told uh, told me a year ago that we would have been four wins. I mean, it's it's been real tough. I mean, we're not used to that certainly, and uh, you know, you get up with a bad taste in your mouth every single day thinking about it, and so then you uh, it gives you motivation to go to go work to to flip that and change it around. You knew it was a heavy when you got the job. Was now that you look back, is it maybe a bigger job than you thought in repairing the service team on the field? Well, I mean, every you know, coaching pro football in general, regardless of whether you're taking over a program that wins twelve or has, is won three, I mean, they're all big jobs. But it's uh, it, it's been a very big job. There's, there's been a lot of a lot of hurdles uh, that some of them that are unseen and. And uh, and so we've we've got to persevere and do the things necessary to, to flip it around like we've done in the past. Uh, I introduced you as the, the coach and general manager. I guess right now you're the general manager and coach as you kind of make that transition from from coaching to, to getting the team set for next year. How do you handle that transition going from from you know working on the field, being on the field every day to kind of putting on your scouts hat and your GM's hat for uh, the next yeah. six months? Well, I'm I, I I said just a little while ago. I mean, I'm a gym rat. I mean. Hell, I don't ever go to work. I mean, this is what I do. I mean, finding players is part of our, our job. And when I was at Tennessee Tech coaching 1AA or West Alabama coaching Division Two, it's all about having players, all about finding players, and, uh, and then just assembling the football team. You're telling me earlier before we started the interview, but uh, I, want to, I want to get it from you now. Where are you exactly right now, and, and what are you doing? I'm in Selma, Alabama at uh, HBCU uh all-star game and uh it's a new startup kind of it's not the uh it's i don't think the very top top levels of the hbcus but these kids a lot of them come from very small towns and small schools and they don't get a lot of exposure and so we don't have a lot of information and uh and so you try to you know turn over every rock to try to put yourself in position to find that guy that you don't know about you're kind of looking for a diamond in the rough, I imagine, then? Yeah, I mean, there's some really, really good-looking kids, you know, that you you have little or no information about because, again, there's uh, – unfortunately, there's – there's, you know, you got strength coaches that double up with two or three other jobs, and so getting the information from the uh, university about these kids is tough. Can we talk to you about the end of the season last year, and I imagine this is partly uh, what you meant. Uh, you talked about having to go to different places and go a little deeper to find players now. And as you mentioned earlier, leave no, no stone unturned. Uh, have you been able to do that? Has it worked out the way you wanted to so far? Are you getting to see enough guys and, and I guess going deeper into the list of players that are available? Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's uh, you know with the two other leagues that we have out there right now used to if a kid didn't play in the nfl well he you know he had nowhere else to go but the canadian league and now there's not one there's two other leagues that that these kids can go to if they don't get picked up in the nfl and so it's uh you know it's 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 doubly as hard as what it what it used to be i mean there's enough good players to go around but if we want as a league to continue to have the same quality of player, we're going to have to work. Uh, we're going to have to work harder. It's been a tremendous hindrance. I mean, there, you know, you, there's no way to hide from it. Stick your head in the sand. No, it's been a, it's been a tremendous hindrance. I mean, I think we've had more pushback from the XFL than we have the USFL. Uh, but, but no, it is a, it's a definite hindrance as far as our personnel goes. I guess the bottom line for a lot of players is they can stay at home and play, right? 
that's that's the problem. I mean, you, you've got uh, you know our league minimum is seventy Canadian, and their their league uh, minimum is is like fifty U.S. And so these kids, uh, when they come up, you know, if they can stay in the states, they don't have to get a passport, they don't have to travel. You know, they can stay in a in a city that they uh, you know that they've that they've been to, or or maybe even where they played. You know, so it's a uh, it's going to be a fight. You've signed a lot of guys so far. We can't go over all of them, and, and I know a lot of them are unknowns to a lot of people, but are you pretty happy with the guys you've been able to get under contract so far? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, again, our, our personnel departments, but we've been working, you know, pr pretty much night and day for, for about a month now and, uh, you know, to put these guys together, and I feel feel pretty good about the group that we've been able to assemble. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your football team. You made a, a move with the coaching staff, which was announced last week. Uh, Steven Sorrells becomes offensive line coach. Tell me about him and why you made the move. Well, I mean, Sorrells is, is you know, he's pretty well known down here in the States. I mean, he worked with those guys that were at SMU and, and UAB, you know, uh, a long time ago. And, and they had a lot of success, uh, you know, Chad Morris and, and that group. So, I mean, he's he's well-known in the United States. And he was with us there in Saskatchewan, and uh, and we had a lot of success together. Uh, he's a good football coach, and we look forward to him joining us. Are any other moves expected on your coaching staff? And, yes, more to the point, uh, are you going to be hiring a special teams coordinator for this year? Uh, no, we've got the same special teams coordinator we had last year. I mean, Mike. Mike Shepard's been in the league a long time, and uh, and then uh, we've got Michael Daniels who'll be doubling up as his assistant, and uh, he'll be taking you know dual roles. Uh, considering the uh, financial situation that we're in, we have to have guys that do you know more than one job, and so uh, it's a. Uh, it's something that uh, that's just nature of the business. You know, you got guys that uh, have to do uh, sometimes two or three jobs. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of where we are. Uh, are you still being uh, the, the football operations cap? I know uh, you, you've, the team's been paying some some past coaches and his general manager. Is it still an issue that you have to deal with moving forward into uh, the next season? Yeah, everybody, all the other teams are working off of a $2.5 million cap, and, and we're we're working off of a $2 million cap. So we're $500,000 less than every other team in the league. Obviously, that hurts, right? <laughs> it don't help. You know, I mean, we have we have fewer people working and, and are making, you know, half a million dollars less than, than all the other staffs in the league. So we uh, – we knew that that was part of the uh, issue moving forward. Uh, you know, it's just been it's, it's just been tough. I mean, we've got a loyal group of, of coaches that like to be around one another. I mean, um, you know, we had a couple of our coaches that turned down opportunities with other, you know, to interview at other places, and and these are guys that uh, that are making less money than they could be making at those places as well. So, just about the time, you know, you think that uh, you know they're they're a good group, they're a good group of coaches, they're good people, and and uh, they want to be part of the solution and turning that thing around. And you've been with a lot of these guys for a long time, haven't you? Yeah, you know, and you know, some people say, "Well, that's all these buddies." Well, you know, uh, they're a very, very loyal group. They're loyal to one another. They enjoy being around one another. They, you know, it's, uh, you know, when you can go to work and and have a good time doing your job. And again, it's it's never fun being in the situation that we were in this year and the games that we, you know, lost. And sometimes in the way that we lost them, you know, late in the game and you know, tight football games, and uh, but but they're a group, good group of guys, and, and they are good coaches. 
Have you gone back and watched a lot of last season, or do you turn the page on it and just just look ahead now? Ed? Well, Is there we, still stuff to learn from last year? Yeah, I mean, there's still things to learn. I mean, we're we're going back over and doing our self scout and and looking at ourselves very closely uh, on all three phases and and seeing what we can do better. Certainly, you have to go back and review. Uh, it's not very fun to look at uh, at times, but you know, we uh, the second half of the year, you know, uh, statistically we did some better things offensively and defensively, and and then late in the year we were able to cover kicks a little bit better than what uh, than what we did early in the year. And uh, and then, like I say, I mean, we've got a good group of young guys. We had a good draft class. And uh, so it's just a matter of us, uh, you know, getting getting back at it. You know, you want to you want to start tomorrow and just jump back in and, and get the new season started. But at the same time, we've got an awful lot of work to do to to make sure that this roster is where we need it to be. You're getting, a, I imagine, a different approach to it this year. Last year when you got the job, you didn't really know what you had other than what you'd seen on video. Now you've, you've worked with guys, you've coached guys, you know a little more about some of the guys who are still on your team. Does that change your approach as you go out and look for players this offseason? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I've been doing this thing for a pretty good while, and, and finding players is something that I've always been, you know, uh, I've always been a player of bird dog, you know, and, and uh, we're doing that part the same way. Uh, we have at least, you know, a portion of our roster that we know, you know, where people will line up, which makes it a little bit easier so that you're not looking for 24 spots. You're, you're looking for more, <laughs> more in lines of seven or eight, which is, which is key. You know a lot more about your quarterbacking situation too. First off, give me an update on Taylor Cornelius health. How's he doing? Yeah, he's doing good. I mean, everything's fine with him, and he, uh, you know, he's he's starting, you know, starting to get back to to moving around, doing the things that he normally would do. And he and I talk about once a week and text back and forth. And he, uh, but yeah, both our guys are, are doing really good, or all three of our guys, Mackay too. Is so we look forward to having all three of them back and and starting, you know, a little bit farther ahead than what we were uh, last year at this time. Big year for Taylor, uh, needing to take a step forward a little bit. He did obviously last year, became a much better player last year. Um, is it a big year for him coming up? Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at uh, our, our offensive production from the first half of the year to what it was second half of the year. It's about 50, 50 yards a game more. Uh, you know, Taylor's he, he will take a step farther. I mean, if people, if people look at uh, where Mike Riley was, you know, because – Again, I talked to the board the other day, and I was like, you know, look at look at Mike Riley. I mean, he sat on sat on the bench as a backup for about three years, and then he came over to Edmonton, didn't have a very successful year, and then all of a sudden, you know, then all you know, he kind of settled in as the starter, and uh, it allowed him to become Mike Riley. And if you look at, you know, you don't have to look very far. Look at Zach Caleros, how long he kind of sat sat behind other players to learn our league. And then, you know, it took him a long time to become who he is right now. I mean, he's a tremendous quarterback. And uh, I think if you, you know, those are two really good examples of why if we're patient with the guys that we have, I feel like they, they do have the talent necessary to, to win in that league. Next big thing, I guess, on the horizon is going to be free agency in February. Uh, obviously, lots of scouting and everything before then. What's your approach going to be into free agency this year? Well, we're not going to be as active as what we were. We can be a little bit more selective. And, and uh, you know, so that's kind of the approach that we're going to take. And uh, we've got some good players already on our team. and But we will. It's not like we're not going to be non-existent. But we will uh, We'll be a little bit more, uh, I guess, slow in the free agent market this year. 
All right, uh, Chris Jones, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate it. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Uh, how are you spending Christmas? You're going to be in South Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'll be in South Pittsburgh. Again, uh, this is my last event. I've been on the road for three weeks. I've been hitting about, you know, three to four schools a day for three weeks and been to uh, – this is my second All-Star game. It was a workout down in Houston, and we had – uh, that I went and watched. Uh, it wasn't our actual workout, but I got to attend. And then uh, we had a workout in Tampa the other day, which was successful. Found a couple guys. And so now I'm uh, headed to this one and then going home for a week or so for uh, for Christmas break. And uh, going to take a little bit of downtime. No, it sounds like you need to put your feet up for a while, Chris. Uh, thanks very <laughs> much for your time. appreciate it. And Merry Christmas hey. to you and your family. Thanks. Same to y'all and everybody listening. My thanks to Chris Jones and Evan Dom for spending some time with us this week. Just a reminder, no show over the holidays. We'll be back again on January the 7th. In the meantime, from my family to yours, a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you all. We'll talk football again in January on the Elks This Week on 630 Chet.